Let's get it started. Good Friday afternoon, everybody. This is Drew Fluffy Coates. And Philip Fizzy Barton. And welcome to Fluffy and Fizzy Sports Lounge. How are you doing tonight, Friday? Ah, uh, good, 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 man. Uh, bummed that uh, last weekend was the last, you know, full slate of college football, but uh, we got some bowl games and some other things that we're going to talk about. It is the most wonderful time of year. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is bowl season, son. Mm. That that won't be until next week, but it's the beginning of bowl season. It's the it's a sad ending, but it's also a great ending because there's football on almost every single day. Yeah, nothing like watching six win Mac teams versus six win Sunbelt teams. Hey, whatever, man. It's football. <laughs> <laughs> it's football on a Tuesday afternoon when Monday night football is about to end and everything, so I'm okay with it. That's right. <laughs> so we got a good show for you guys today. Not a whole lot of football. There's only one game on this week, besides, you know, like, you know, Division two, Division three playoffs are going on. They're in the semifinals, but we're going to talk about America's game. There's a lot of headlines going on. You know, the college football playoff is set. Some coaching changes have been made. And, you know, we'll get into some Heisman talk as well. So start things off with some beer. What are you drinking today there, Barton? Drinking a little OMB Copper from Old Mecklenburg Brewing Company. It's uh, right up the road in Charlotte. Um, alt beer, uh, very refreshing Uh I I don't really know how to describe it. It's got like a maybe a caramel taste, kind of aftertaste to it. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, says it right on the bottle: water, malt, hops, yeast, nothing else. And they say that they <laughs> say that they uh, they don't get too fancy with it. It's pretty basic beer, but it's uh it's got definitely a good taste. Um, yeah, you could just this is definitely a you could you could hang with these. It's four point eight percent. It's a it could be a pre gaming beer, you know. Don't want to get too carried away. Yeah. Sometimes the simple beers are the best beers, man. Like you can't you can't sleep on the basic ingredients because you know that's it. That's just how it is, man. Simple beer is the best beer, and I'm drinking a simple beer. I'm sticking to my you know champagne beers today. I'm drinking good old fashioned. <laughs> I'm drinking some good old fashioned Miller High Life. You know how I love my High Life. I like to keep it simple today. <clears throat> yeah, definitely a tailgating beer. That is a tailgating <laughs> beer. So. You know, it's a champagne, man. You know, we're gonna celebrate. I'm gonna crack another one when Army uh, when Army loses the Navy tomorrow. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, um, what kind of cigar are you carrying with the beer, there, buddy? I'm gonna go with a uh, New World by AJ Fernandez, full uh-huh. full Nicaraguan ra- uh, wrapper, binder, filler, uh, medium body, uh, medium to full body. Actually, it's a, it, it packs a little bit of a punch. Uh, I got some coffee notes. Slightly sweet and spicy on the finish. This bad boy gets stronger as it burns. It starts out, it starts out pretty mellow, pretty mild. But by the time you're down to that last third, you're you got something with a punch to it. Um, it actually would pair very well with the OMB copper that I'm drinking now. So mm-hmm. that's probably what I'm gonna. Once we get undone here, I'm gonna pop out on the porch for a little bit. You know, just a little bit cold, but I'm gonna I'm gonna withstand it to, to light up that <laughs> to light up that new world. Nah, yeah, I hear you. It's starting the the weather's starting to turn for the worse for a lot of people. It's starting starting to snow up where where I'm from in Virginia. That's the forecast for the weekend. It's I'm down here in Florida. It's in the forties now, so it's already starting to get cold down here. Yeah, we're supposed to get um snow this weekend in here in my part of South Carolina. Oh um, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well we mo- we mostly just get ice and stuff. And <laughs> Yeah, if you guys are expecting snow, make sure you guys be safe out there. Don't make sure you uh, take off your cars. Would you help us all out? <laughs> and make sure you go to the grocery store and buy up all the milk and bread. And if you are going to the Army Navy game, <laughs> just decide to 
if it does instead of snow at the Army Navy game, throw some snowballs. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you throw it at Army though. Yeah, throw it at Army. We don't throw throw don't throw it at Navy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the beer, we got the cigar. You know, let's get right into it. It's it's like you said, there's no there's only one game on this week. Uh we're gonna get into that a little later. But there's a lot of headlines going in, going on in college football world. You know, Urban Meyer deciding to step down. I'm not sure if he's stepping down after. I, I, I'm kind of confused. Is he stepping down after the Rose Bowl? Or is he stepping down as of now? Yeah, uh, it's my understanding he's going to coach the Rose Bowl. He's stepping down after the Rose Bowl. Okay, and, yeah, and, that makes sense. And um, apparently, there's going to be no coaching search because this uh, their offense coordinator Ryan Day. Has has been named, you know, basically the coaching waiting type deal. He, he's, yeah, he's pretty much the next guy. So, um, I, maybe that's probably a lot to do with recruiting. You know, to mm. keep keep some keep some continuity going there with with Meyer's staff. But uh, yeah, but yeah, he's going to be there through the Rose Bowl, and then after that, we'll uh, we'll see. You know how Urban Meyer likes to do. Yeah, um, I think we all kind of saw this coming. Um, you know, amidst all the allegations that were going on and everything, um. I, I'm not surprised that he's deciding to step down. You know, people are going to say it's because of his health. Well, he's had this health issue for quite a number of years now, so I don't think it's because of his health. But it, uh, it it's one of those things like, is he really done? We don't know. I, but <laughs> I would go, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, um, unless his health really is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's any way he's done. Um, perhaps maybe a jump to the NFL is something that he's starting to take a look at. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, dealing with the whole recruiting and having to travel and stuff like that. He he, mm-hmm. you know, he's thinking maybe the NFL would suit more for him. But um, yeah, as as of right now, I don't know. We've seen this we've seen this done before. It played out exactly like this at Florida, you know. So yeah, um, and the and the guy they have replacing him, he he's actually very very qualified to do so. He actually coached the first three games while Urban Meyer was on suspension. Mm-hmm. And, and they looked really good at the beginning of the season. You know, it wasn't up until, you know, Urban Meyer came back. The, the chemistry was really starting to waver at that point. So you may, maybe this is actually better off for the program and as a whole, you know, like, and maybe Dwayne Haskins decided to come back for another year. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I definitely think it's, it, it, it's a good move by them. Uh, you know, how many, how many uh, coaches do you get to hire? that get a three game audition as the head coach, you know, so he yeah, I think he showed, you know, in those three games that he could he could lead the program and he's more than capable of uh you know, basically just picking up where Urban left off. Oh yeah. And I mean I mean, yeah, you're gonna have some decommits. I mean they've already started to have some decommits because, you know, Urban Meyer was there. But that those are those kind of commits that are only going there for, you know, the namesake <laughs> of Urban Meyer. They're not looking actually into the philosophy that you know the the defensive and offensive schemes that are there kind of thing uh, so. you know they always you always hear it in recruiting circles they tell recruits commit to the school not to the mm. coach yeah it's hard to commit to a coach when especially even Urban Meyer as you know distinguished as he is a coach can get dropped like that it doesn't like you come off one losing season like especially if they had lost to Michigan they probably would have forced Urban Meyer out right right then and there because mm-hmm. you know so that's just how that that big time college football can get. You don't start. I'm surprised John uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh has lasted this long at Michigan, considering he's never beat Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's yeah. I, I think that he got through this year because they the whole the whole season they thought they were going to beat Ohio State, which I did too. But yeah, I think we we both called it. But <laughs> yeah. you know, 
You know, we're we're so good at guessing as, how good Ohio as, State is. <laughs> it seems to be the thing with we started this thing. Uh, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we're very bad guessers at Ohio State and a lot of other things too. But you know, that's just how. We're oh good. yeah, I hope you're still not betting. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside of that, you know, uh, Maryland <laughs> University of Maryland probably got a new coach, uh, uh, Alabama uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, Mike Lux, uh, Luxley, mm-hmm. uh, think that's a good fit. You know, you know, you got some Ralph Friedrich blood in there now again. Yeah, um, you know, looking at him, this guy he uh, he was the interim coach at Maryland uh, after Randy Etzel was forced out. Yeah, in 2015, coached half the season. He went one in five. Yeah, he was <laughs> uh, he was previously the head coach at New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Where he went uh, in two and a quarter seasons, he went uh, two and twenty six. So he has a as a head coach, he has a three and thirty one record. Yeah, but I will say this: I think I think right now this hire for Maryland is good. Oh yeah, I think so too. For for, for me, it's one reason is that right now they're in need of a culture change. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to make a hire. I mean, of course they want to win. Like they wouldn't hire somebody if they don't think they can win. But I think that he's definitely a guy that can come in and make a culture change. Now working under, you know, head coaching experience, working under Saban, you know, he 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 can bring that work ethic, that 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 culture to Maryland. And I think that's what they need right now cuz with everything that's going on with them, they're definitely in need of uh just an overall shift in culture. And um I I don't think this hire was necessarily made to win right away. I think it was made more or less to, you know, clean up the program. You know, you're our guy to come in here, clean up the program, and then once that's done, you know, we'll go from there. We'll see how see how he does. Yeah, um, I'm actually on the opposite with you. I think they, this is a hire to actually win now because there is talent on that Maryland team. They they can put up some points. And, you know, they beat Texas week one. They've been in a lot of games this year. There's talent there. And, you know, the way he's worked that offense at Alabama, I think I think this is going to be a good hire for them. And maybe they'll bring Maryland to some, you know, <coughs> relativeness in the Big Ten. Yeah, but there's no Tua Tagovailoa's and Jerry Judy's. And you right. You Damian right. Harris is <laughs> in Maryland. Well, maybe he'll do something that, you know, most Maryland coaches don't do, and that's recruit in-state, so – <laughs> yeah, we we've discussed that before. The talent yeah. in that DMV area just seems to go outside, un, outside. yeah, unrecruited by Maryland. <laughs> Doesn't make no sense, but you know, hopefully he changes that culture. You know, he's a back, he's back at Maryland. You know, after being an assistant after the you know the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> so, outside of that, another hire is uh, Mac Brown at UNC. Uh, you know, he took took some time away from Texas. You know, being correspondent for them for uh, you know. Their college program, college football live there. Um, I don't know about. The, I feel this is more of a publicity thing yeah. than anything. That's just to bring recruits in. But I don't. I don't know if the coach has it. Yeah, yeah. I. I'm not sure exactly what they were doing. There was not even like a. a there was not even a. Uh, really, a coaching search. Um, it was they got rid of Larry Fedora, and then I think it was the literally, literally like 24 hours later, he was named as the head coach. So it was. It was like sudden, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's a new coach. We got a new coach here already. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think this is a very good hire by them. Um, he, for multiple reasons, but, but one is just his age. I mean, 
is he going to be able to really recruit? Um, I, he he was. I mean, Texas had taken a dive at the end of his tenure there. Hmm. Um, I don't know about this hire. I think that this is going to end up biting um, North Carolina in in the ass. I don't think this is going to. I don't know what they're thinking with this hire. You have so many good young coaches sitting out there. I mean, yeah. The kid uh, Scott Satterfield, who you know is now going to Louisville, which I guess we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, he was sitting there when Mac Brown was hired. You had uh, Neil Brown from Troy. You know, you just you had really good coaches, young coaches that have built programs, which is something that I like. You know, they built mm-hmm. these these smaller programs, and then you go for a guy who hasn't coached since what was it two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Was the last time that he was at um I don't know about two thousand eight. I think it was a little bit a couple years uh, after that. Was it, yeah, it he's been yeah, he's been out he's been out for quite a while though. Like I, I, I get what you're saying. Like he's been out coaching for a while. You know, even though he's you know, he, he's relatively been like he's been out of football for a relatively long time long time as far as football goes, because you know, football is progressively just gets it just progresses offensively, defensively, and everything. And I don't know if he's really kept up with it yet. He's been, you know, still in the game, as they say, you know, covering it. But I don't think he has, you know, the knowledge to actually, like, put in an offense or defensive scheme that compete, you know, with the ace, the rest of the ACC. And, and you know, I, when it first was hired, I was like, okay, well, maybe he's just, you know, he's going to play it as a figurehead and he's going to hire some young you know, innovative assistants to go along mm-hmm. with him. But then his first hire, a defensive coordinator, is 64-year-old Greg Robinson, who has just failed as being a head coach at Syracuse and, and other places. And uh, yeah. and just looking at some stats that he was uh, – he took over at Syracuse at uh, – he took over the, um, the defensive coordinator position at Texas. Uh, and it was just for a short time. But the defense was not very good. And well, you talk about you talk about defense in the Big Twelve already. Yeah, so but this, was a, this yeah. Was, that was that was a different Big Twelve then, though. That wasn't quite the Big Twelve that we know now. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe I mean it could work out for him, but yeah, I, right now you got a sixty-something-year-old head coach who hasn't coached in a number of years. You have a sixty-something-year-old defensive coordinator who as a head coach himself was not very good. So I just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about it either. So we're going, you, you mentioned the Louisville Colt, uh, <clears throat> hire. How, how do you feel about the Louisville hire? I love this hire. You love this hire. I love this hire. I've been a Scott Satterfield fan for, for about a year now when I, you mm-hmm. know, watching what he's done, what he did. Okay, so app, everybody knows about the app state that went to the big house and knocked off number four and five Michigan or whatever it was. And, yeah. But those teams were uh, FCS pretty much dynasties. I mean, they, you know, Marty Edwards and all them, they, they won the FCS national championships. I think they won like two years in a row at that point. Yeah. The, the team that he took over was not very good. <laughs> his, his, four, his first year, which was their last year in, in – uh, FCS, they went four and eight. Then he led a transition year to the Sun Belt, seven and five, 11 and two, 10 and three, nine and four, 10 and two this year with a chance at 11 wins. 
I love what what I like about this hire is that he built it. He didn't inherit a bunch of players. He didn't inherit something somebody else built and just kept it he going. Built, he built that program from the he, bottom. He up. literally built it from the bottom up, and he's maintaining success. He mm-hmm. built it four and eight, seven and five, and now you look eleven, ten, nine, ten. He's maintained. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Not only did he build it, but he's maintaining the success. I I like this guy. I, I said mm-hmm. this. Louisville did a good job getting him. I'm not sure if he did a good job going to Louisville. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, Louisville's that... Louisville's athletic department right now is, you know, is shaky. But hey, they got him. I love that hire. I think he's going to have Louisville. Uh, assuming they don't get in any more trouble in their athletic department, I think he's going to. Yeah. I think he's going to have them as a very, a very good team. Well, I think that I think you and I can both agree that there is talent at Louisville. I mean, you don't just go from you know a nine and four season. You know, yeah, yeah, Lamar Jackson was great and all, but man, like I feel like that team just quit on Bobby Petrino, which obviously you know it's Bobby Petrino. Like I would quit on Bobby Petrino too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you could just tell that they, they they just did not have the you know want to want to win kind of attitude that you need to have in college football and this coach like this coach will bring that you know culture shock where he's like he's going to demand his players to want to win and i think they'll i think the talent there will i i can feel like they'll be in bowl contention next year with just with just this hire alone yeah 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 i i I definitely agree he'll have them he's he's gonna have them as a very good team um like i said the key thing to me was just how he took over nothing and built it i get it at a lower level it's at a group of five team, you know, the Sun Belt. But those but, are the those are the those are almost harder because you know you're not going to get these four four star five star recruits. You're getting like twos and threes at that point. Well, you're you, not getting you know you're not you you can produce at that level. Wisconsin has proven that for years because they don't ever get five five star recruits. They get the two three star recruits and turn them into you know first round talent. Well, you, another <laughs> thing that I think of is this: is when you look at like the Sun Belt coaching may almost matter more in the Sun Belt than it does in big schools because if you look in the Sun Belt, I promise you the number one recruiting class in the Sun Belt to the number one uh, to the dead last recruiting class in the Sun Belt, there's a whole lot closer gap than Mm -hmm. the number one recruiting class like Alabama or Georgia as opposed to, you know, Vanderbilt or someone. Like there's there's a giant gap there between Alabama, Georgia, and Vanderbilt's recruiting class. But in the Sun Belt – while they're, they're none have really good players, they're all the recruiting classes I think are a lot closer together. Because so, they're going after the same type of players. Yeah. They know they can't get these kind of players. Yeah, and I think the, with that being said, with you know recruiting levels you know somewhat being more even at that level, um, coaching means more. And just to see that guy, you know, see what he's done, see him build that, uh, definitely good hire, a plus hire by Louisville. Yeah. So as we get into this time of year. We're also, like, seeing players, you know, sit out bowl games. I think we've touched on this a couple of times uh, through our podcast. Like, you know, obviously bringing up Nick Bosa, you know, sitting out the rest of the year, which understandably so because, you know, he was re- – Oh, that was very – Oh, there- we, f- we forgot one. We forgot one more hire. What hire is that? Your Wisconsin guy, Mel Tucker, is oh, going Mel to coach – is going to go coach the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah, I totally forgot space about that one. Yeah. Um, I'll just throw out a couple thoughts on this one. Just because he's going to the Pac-12, yeah. Uh, he's past three seasons is uh, Georgia's defensive coordinator. 
no head coaching experience other than he spent um, 2011 as the Jacksonville Jaguars interim head coach. But he, mm-hmm. he hasn't no college coaching experience. A defensive-minded coach coaching for the first time in the Pac-12. Uh, it's gonna run. He's gonna run into some issues. Yeah, man. He, he's a, he's a great coordinator. Don't get me wrong. Like we he he built our program, you know, to actually have a defense. Now I don't know where it's been this year, at least. But like, <laughs> but I mean, he he's turned our program more defensively, and LSU has he's kept LSU, you know, in the conversation of you know one of the best defenses in L, in the SEC, and I think he'll keep continue. I I think it will take some time. But I think he can bring some defense to the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, at, at this point, you're Colorado. You, you know, what do you have to lose by taking a chance on a guy? I mean, mm-hmm. you hired, you've just fired one of your more successful coaches. I know he had two, you know, two bad years here back to back. But you just fired one of your more successful coaches. So I mean, since the nineties, yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Why not hire a defensive yeah. guy? <laughs> you know, you got to build some kind of defense there. But uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think that'll be end up being a very good hire. He's a, I mean, you gotta give a guy a chance. You know, yeah, he's never coached, but when is when is when is he gonna get the opportunity yeah, to coach? I mean, you never give him a shot. At, at some at some point, you know, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, all those guys had never coached either. So yeah, Nick Saban was uh, under Bill Belichick's tree. When was he gonna get a shot? Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, you gotta give a guy a shot, and I think this is a great shot for him. I think this is a great opportunity for him, and maybe he turns that program back to you know where it was in 2016, and maybe bring some relevance to that uh, school. Yeah. So uh, now, getting away from that again, uh, like I was uh, saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Sticks in the script, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we're talking about players sitting out bowl games, and uh, we touched on this uh, a couple segments ago. You know, obviously with Nick Bosa, which we I kind of understood with Nick Bosa because there was a very slim chance that he would be fully healthy by the time even the Michigan <clears throat> game came around. Yeah, let alone like you know the Big Ten championship. Yeah, he probably would be healthy for the bowl game with the Rose Bowl. But you know, what would you want to risk it for one game when scouts already know what you can do at this point? Oh yeah. So, like, with, for Nick Bosa's case, yeah, I understand. But for Ed Oliver, like, as far as his productivity this year, it's, it's – to me, I've, I've seen it not as good as, like, his – obviously his freshman year and last year even was not that good either. And I just don't – I don't consider him a top five pick, so he's already sitting out for the year. So. Well, this one – this one hits home to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this past week, the, you know, Gamecocks uh, – South Carolina Gamecocks' favorite player, Debo Samuel – announced that he will be sitting out the bowl game against Virginia. Yeah. Um that 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 one that one kind of hurts cuz you know he's it, he's a senior. <clears throat> what what does he have to lose at this point? You know, he's a senior like what what, what I, I understand. Well, I have actually I have no problem with this on really if your team is outside of long as it doesn't pull over into the regular season. Now, if you start having guys sit out those, you know, like cupcake Saturdays and stuff like that, Ed Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a little bit different. But if, if your team's not in contention for the college football playoff, or if you're not – even if, you you know, maybe a New Year's Six bowl game, but if you're playing the belt bowl uh, against a 7-5 Virginia team, um, I have no problem with it. He's injury prone. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, he is yet – this is the first season that he's played a full season. So he, he's injury prone. 
Uh, South Carolina's just been decimated with injuries this year anyway. So so, he, so you can't really blame him for one sit out because, you and, know, he tore his ACL last year. So, you know. Yeah, the, the, the broke that, leg. Yeah, he broke his leg. Oh, the broke leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, he, I, I don't have a problem with it. And, and I'm not just – I'm using Debo Samuels as an example. But I, I really across the board, um, you know, if you're going to be a top three round pick, which is kind of where Debo Samuel's projected to be. Um, yeah, I mean, set out your bowl game. I mean, really and truly, now as fans, we want to win them. Of course we want to win them. I'm sure the players mm-hmm. on the field want to win them. But really, at the end of the day, they're glorified scrimmage games. Yeah. They they don't mean anything. There's 50, 50, 57, you have to check my math on that. There's 57 mm-hmm. bowl games out there. I mean, I I have no problem. If your team now – if a team's in the college football play, if there's a if there was a junior or even a senior for Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama that said they weren't playing, they were done, they were sitting out, then I'm taking a little more issue. But yeah. you know, these middle tier bowl games, whatever, you know, feel free, set out. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the here's probably where I argue against that is uh, I I'm like I say, especially if you're a senior at this point, like Debo's a senior. His last loss is a blowout. His last game is losing to, you know, Clemson. No, we played Akron this week. Oh, yeah. Makeup, makeup game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot your little makeup game. Yeah, like that mattered at all. But, like, <laughs> but like as a senior, I feel like I would want to finish off with a bowl game and win a bowl game. That's just my personal opinion. Like, it, yeah, it could be the crappiest bowl game ever. But, you know, you get, you get so many perks out of these bowl games. Like, why not take it? You know, you're not getting yeah, – there's but, no there, – I mean, but, and you get the you get the camaraderie with your boys one more time. Yeah, but you know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a first-round pick. I go out there in that bowl game. I go out there in the Myrtle Beach Bowl or wherever, and I, 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 I tear my ACL. Okay, great. All that camaraderie and all those bowl perks is out the window now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, if you're a first-round pick, I understand. But if you're, like, second, third round, I kind of, like I, – I would say third round might be my cutoff. I would, yeah. I would say if you're in the first three rounds, you know, I have no problem with it. If you're going to be a third-day mm-hmm. pick, if you're fourth through, you know, undrafted, then you probably need to play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hate the fact that – I mean, I understand – I completely understand why they do it. I really do. I, I get that it's – you know, you're you're thinking about your your career. You're thinking about you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to risk the injury. But then this is all this is NFL preseason all over again. <laughs> oh, yeah, and so, and then I, mean, I also look at you know again I use Debo Samuel up four touchdowns on Akron or up three touchdowns on Akron. He's chasing down a muff punt, giving full speed effort, diving on it in the end zone with people diving on top of him. Yeah, in the third, in the second quarter, up three scores against Akron. Like he, he's put forth that effort in the regular season. I, oh yeah, I think he, I think he's earned. I mean, he gave he gave one hundred and ten percent for twelve games. We're not really playing for other than just saying we won, saying we're going to be eight and five. We're not really playing for anything. So yeah, and and I feel the same way. Again, you know, I keep using Debo as Debo as an uh, example, but it's like that. I feel the same way with all players. I mean. If if you're not playing for anything, uh, shut it down, man. Just I mean, go go make your money. You've done four, right. you've done four years worth of hard work. Go go make your money. All right, say it's a New Year's Six Bowl, like the Rose Bowl and stuff like that. Like, how would you feel about that? Like, that's a big game with a you know a lot of spotlight on you. If anything, if you do well in those games, if if you do well in those games, 
You just up your draft stock. Yeah, it is. But um, again, so you're, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're, you're, about to... you're not. You're not so much playing for anything. You're not playing for a national championship. I mean, I get it. You're playing a very prestigious bowl game, but as far as that's it. I mean, you're just playing for here's a trophy, here's a bowl trophy, and we say we won the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. And at, I mean, you're not going to hurt your draft stock by not playing. So, I mean, yeah. if you're a third-round pick or second-round pick, yeah, you, I guess if you have a big game, you could boost your draft stock, but at the same time, you're not going to hurt it. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you should be able to – I feel – I don't know. I I don't honestly know what to feel about it. I feel like <laughs> – yeah, I, I see both sides. Like, I see that, you know, it's it's financially smart to do it, you know, cause, but at some point you're playing it safe too. And now, where I think that it'll again, I, I mean, you know, I, to go back to a point I made earlier, um, I think where it could start becoming an issue is if it starts to spill over into the regular season. Yeah, it, which it, I don't think will ever happen because you know they still have to put some kind of tape on there. Yeah, um, you know, like like I said, cupcake Saturday or even opening games. Even you know, a lot of yeah. teams play cupcakes for opening games. Like, or or I mean, a guy could say, you know. Like for Florida State, you just take Florida State a guy. You could have a junior or senior who's going to be a first-round pick this year. They know they're not making a bowl game. I'm not even playing against Florida. You know, so, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as long as it doesn't start spilling over into the regular season, I'll typically have no problem with with guys, you know, wanting to sit out. All right, so – Going in from that, uh, conference pride. Mm-hmm. You know, conference pride. Mm-hmm. You know, bowl season is upon us. I know. SEC, SEC, SEC. Yeah, yeah, we're going, we're going into that. So, like bowl season, you know, you don't have a lot of, te- you know, you if your team's not in it, you're obviously rooting for, you know, your conference. You know, uh, I, or if your team is in it, you're trying to see how you compare against the other conferences. Which, I mean. Yeah, because that way you can see, honestly, what conference is better. Because by a statistically standpoint, the Big Ten was the best conference last year. You know, we dominated only losing one game. And where did you lose that one game? I don't want to talk about it. It wasn't my team. It, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but know, um, it was Michigan, but Michigan no, losing to South Carolina. So, uh, no. I, I just – I think, to me, conference pride is the dumbest thing. Uh, simply from the fact that these are your rivals. These, yeah. these are teams that you have to play every year to try to get to a conference championship. These are teams that you have to beat. And now, I mean, like right now, for example, we are in a recruiting battle with three. One's a five-star and two four-stars with Florida right now. Okay, we're in a major recruiting battle with Florida. And you want them to win, and you don't want them to win. Yeah, their bowl game. them winning that bowl game. Now, most of the time with recruiting, you know, there's more than just a lot of times wins and losses. One game's not going to make up a recruit's mind. But them going out there and winning their bowl game could be the difference between them committing to Florida or committing to us. We're yeah. we're in recruiting battles with these guys. I don't want them to do good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want them. I don't want them. I mean, I get you. You want to make your conference look tougher, like we play in the toughest conference, huh? huh? Nah, screw that. I want Florida to lose. I want Tennessee to lose. I want Georgia to lose. I want these teams yeah. to lose. People ask me, and they say, okay, what's your least favorite team? And I say Clemson and then the SEC East. <laughs> 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 I 
That's fair. I mean, see, I, see, for me, I'm looking at it this way: like the Big Ten got left out last year, and they got left out of the playoff this year. So I'm looking at Ohio State. You know, they were a one loss team to Alabama, who was a one loss team, and you know the SEC didn't fare so well in the play in the you know the bowl games, but you know the Big Ten did, and they beat some SEC teams except for one. But so, but at the same time, I mean that. To me, that at the end of the day, to me, it doesn't matter. It's like Alabama goes on and wins the national championship, and people chant SEC and we the best conference. I'm like, okay, well, we still finish seven and five. Hopefully, yeah. eight and five. But we still, we still finish seven and five. Like that, yeah. that doesn't do anything. You have uh, Arkansas, SEC, SEC. Yeah, like you still only won three games. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. And, it only strengthens teams that you have to, to – for you to get good, those teams that you have to get over, it only strengthens their case. It only, it's only going to make Florida look that much better to go 10-3. and three. And now, now that's another 10-win team in the East that we have to recruit against. Yeah. Well, here's on the flip side, too. Like, you see, uh, say uh, Oklahoma, you know, beats Alabama in that first round. Mm-hmm. He might be like, well, man, man, maybe, you know, the Big 12 is better, you know, because, you know, obviously they beat, you know, the su- supposed number one team in the nation. They beat them. Well, maybe the competition is a little bit better in the Big 12. And that's where, you know, he'll go, oh, maybe if I play for a team like Texas, maybe I can bring that fire, you know, bring them up, up a notch. You know what I'm saying? So, but, like, but, it, but if you're Texas, you're sitting there looking at Oklahoma, Oklahoma beats Alabama. You got to be going. Oh shit! <laughs> well, we beat. Well, they can go. They can honestly go. Well, we did beat them. Yeah, but they turn around and, and beat us by more. <laughs> <laughs> it was a close game at the beginning, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, so we, yeah. We just have to agree I, to kind of disagree on this one. Agree I, to disagree. Yeah, I just, so. I just don't. I'm not a huge fan of the conference pride thing. I just think – and you know what the crazy thing is? I think the SEC really started this whole thing. Oh, yeah. You guys um, really did. Because y'all go like, oh, we're the best conference. This is what our bowl says. Yeah. And then, you have a, then you have a bowl season like last year, and you're like, eh, I don't want to talk about it. Well, you know, the SEC, <laughs> yeah, really the SEC usually does middle of the road anyway in bowl games. I yeah. mean, most of the time they're bowl – I mean, they're like – you know, eight and four, seven and five in bowl games every year anyway. So it's Yeah, so like why are they even bringing it up to be like, oh yeah, we're undefeated in the bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you go completely undefeated with all your teams in the bowl in bowl season, all of them go undefeated, that's when you could talk a little smack. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think that's when we can agree that yeah, all of our teams, all every team in our conference made a bowl game, and all every team won. Well, won their bowl game. I won't talk smack because, again, I think conference pride. I won't. I, I won't talk smack, but I will. I will take a step back and go, "Damn, that was impressive." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going into that, you know, we got the. I just alluded to the college football playoff a little bit, and. uh I was pretty happy with how they played it out. Um, you know, Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, and then Oklahoma sitting in a number four spot. Ohio State just couldn't overcome that loss by Purdue. Yeah. And, the, and I guess the voters finally were like, okay, we can't just put Georgia in when Oklahoma did really well. Yeah. And to, to me, the big thing was that was, um, well, you know, I'm not a huge proponent of Notre Dame being in there anyway. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they, 
they went undefeated. I mean, I made a whole bunch of arguments against them on last, last podcast, week. but um, <laughs> but but they're but in, they are undefeated. Yeah, they are undefeated. But I think the thing that really put Oklahoma over the top over Georgia, Georgia. which I'll get to Georgia in a minute. Uh, Georgia didn't belong in there anyway. But uh, over Georgia and over Ohio State was the fact that they redeemed themselves, and they did it. They did it pretty impressively. I guess. Yeah, against I mean, Oklahoma. I mean, they, uh, you mean Texas? Yeah, I guess Texas. <laughs> Oklahoma versus Oklahoma. <laughs> Spring game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Texas – and give Texas some credit because they put them through the ringer in the first half. They, there was a good ball game. And then, you know, a safety uh, – they got hit with a safety and then Oklahoma scored and then Texas just couldn't recover after that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't – and I – I, as much as I wish uh, Ohio State could have got back in to, you know, give some, you know, give some respect to the Big Ten. They, conference they, pride. They, they, yeah, I got the conference <laughs> pride right now. Well, they they are impressive. They are an impressive team because when they when they they have had some impressive wins these last couple of weeks. Who Ohio you know, State? Against, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. When, Dwayne, when we start Dwayne talking Haskins, about when we start talking about the Heisman, yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Ohio State. Dwayne I, Haskins has he's had a better year than Troy Smith when he had the Heisman. And then it's probably the he's best broke, season. He's broke Drew Brees' big Brees's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he broke Drew, Drew Brees' record. Like, Jesus. And then I, I get why they didn't put him in because, you know, obviously, you know, their loss versus, you know, Oklahoma's loss looks a lot worse. It yeah. clearly does. Yeah, and again, it, again, Oklahoma, I think we're under, under, undervaluing the fact that they got to get their loss back. In, yeah, in a so. sense, they kind of got to redeem themselves. So, and then you have these SEC folks like we want to see this Georgia team again, and then Kirk, and then uh, Kirby Smart putting out like they don't want to see us again. I'm like, well, you should have won the first time. You should have <laughs> won the first time. And here, this is this is the end of Georgia's argument. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but you cannot put in a two-loss non-conference team over two one-win conference champions. No, you ba- can't. Based on one game. I get it. They played Alabama, who everyone thinks Alabama's the number one team in the country. They're the best team that's ever walked, to, walked God's green earth. But Well, right now, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. They played them a very close game. But if you did that, you are throwing out an entire season's worth of work for mm. Ohio State, Oklahoma, for everybody who's involved there. For one game, based on one mm-hmm. game, they play that game nine times out of ten. Alabama may beat them by three touchdowns every single time. Oh yeah, you know so. And, Kirk, you can, and Kirby Smart has nobody to blame but himself with that fake field goal. Yeah, to, to begin with, yeah. that was his fault because he wanted it. He all he had to do was punt the ball. Jalen Jalen Hurts didn't need to pass. He he can't pass the greatest like uh, Tua Tungvaloa. Yeah. So you, you you put you put him at the very least. You know they get a touchback on the punt at eighty yards that they yeah. have to drive down. I, and now you gave him, then they gave him just a short field. He has to go fifty yards in a minute. In a minute, like anybody can freaking do that. Yeah, I mean you can't. I, you know, with the Georgia, you, you can't put them in based off one game. You can't put them in because they played a team close in one game. I mean, hell, if that's the case, Syracuse needs to be in. Did they play Clemson close? Yeah. Well, we'll put Syracuse in. Why not? <laughs> Put Texas in. They beat them. They beat, they actually, they beat, they beat Oklahoma. They actually beat Oklahoma. Put, te- put Texas in. You get a playoff spot. You get a playoff spot. Put USC in. They played Notre Dame tough. They, that's right. They only lost to Notre Dame by seven, right? Yeah. Put them in. You know, so that whole argument with Georgia, it's, it's bull. It is such bull. 
So, and that's, I think they got, I think the committee got it right. I think this is the first time in a couple of years I feel like they've got it right. Yeah. I, I'll argue, I'll argue Notre Dame with you all day, but at the same time, they went undefeated. They did what they were supposed to. Um, they're, uh, they deserve to be in. Oh, he said, <laughs> he said. So, so you alluded to some of the Heisman talk and Dwayne Haskins, you know, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Murley, and Tua talking about those are the finals. And, and, when we started this podcast, it was basically a clear flavor that Tua Tagovailoa was going to win it. Yeah, now not so, not so sure. Yeah, not so much. Because um, <laughs> he, if he had had a solid, even before he got hurt, if he had even had a solid, like, uh, game in the championship game, it was his to lose. Well, but yeah, go ahead. But he played so poorly leading up before his injury even happened, and Jalen Hurts saved saved Alabama season. Well, then. the thing to me, and I, I can't. It's hard for me because it's going to sound like I'm faulting him for being on such a good team because they they pretty much blown out everybody they played up until the SEC mm-hmm. championship game. Um, he doesn't have that Heisman moment. Like he he, he really doesn't have that moment where you just like he was the difference in a game. He made a play. Mm-hmm. He had a drive, or he just had a, a game. You know that for the century. Like he just. He just doesn't have that Heisman moment. I am, I am there with you, and there, and there's some times where like some Heisman winners don't have it exactly. Like, um, it's just hard, and I definitely know Dwayne Haskins has one. He has a Heisman moment. Yeah, Penn State. What's that? Penn State. I would have just say Michigan. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he blew out Michigan, but I'm talking about like he, he, he pulled the. Uh, if you're Jason Witten, he pulled the rabbit out of his head <laughs> against, <laughs> against Penn State. Yeah, um, and then you know, Kyler Murray has just been on fire all year. Mm-hmm. You know, so and it's let's, hard. It's hard. Let's do. It's hard. To... Let's do this. All right, go ahead. Let's do this. Okay, who do you think will win the Heisman, and who do you think should win the Heisman? Well, I think who's going to win the Heisman is Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray, I agree. But I, I think Dwayne Haskins almost needs to win it over because, like you said, the Penn State game. You know the, you know the Michigan game, and they're throwing six touchdowns in that freaking Big Ten championship game. Like he has performed, and yeah, he didn't play well against Purdue. I'll give you that. Well, but, the, the thing is, though, if, I mean, now he threw the ball seventy times, but if you look at it, he threw for four hundred and seventy yards and two touchdowns against Purdue. Yeah, but he had to play because he had to keep throwing the ball because his defense kept giving up points. Exactly, <laughs> he he doesn't play defense. So I I think. Go ahead. I think Dwayne. I think Dwayne Haskins deserves to win it. Yeah, but that was, you know, that was I'm not taking. I'm not taking anything away from Tua Tagovailoa though. That was less of a debate than I thought. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah, I agree totally with you. I think Kyler Murray wins it. Um, I think Dwayne Haskins, 4,500 yards, passing 47 touchdowns, 51 total touchdowns. Um, I mean, it, yeah, he he. I think he definitely has. An argument for it. I think the odd man out, though, is Tua. Is Tua um, again? And 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 you know, Jalen Hurts stole his Heisman moment. Kind of. I mean, I know he come out. Yeah. He come out as a because of injury. It wasn't necessarily because of his poor play. He come out of the game, but but Jalen Hurts come right in and and he really stole what could have been Tua's Heisman moment. And uh, oh yeah. And uh, so I yeah I agree with you there. I think Kyler Murray wins it, but Dwayne Haskins uh, definitely should have something to say about it. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting Heisman ceremony. I'm, I'm kind of curious to watch it. So, mm-hmm. you know, so we're going on from that to, you know, the only game that's going to be on this week, 
it's America's game. It's Army versus Navy. And if you're new to the program, you got two Navy vets. I'm currently active right now. And then Barton, you know, he was he was actually stationed with me at good old VFA 32. That's right, Virginia Beach. Gypsy Row. That's right, Gypsy um, Row. <laughs> and uh, we're obviously pulling for Navy. But, man, Navy has had a rough go of it. Uh, they're 3-9 and nine this year. Army is 9-2. They're on a two-game win streak right now, you know. Yeah, that, um yeah, Navy Navy's not having a very good season. <laughs> no, but with any rival, any win, any season can be redeemed with a with a win over a rival, and that's what Navy and that's what Navy can do this year. They can, if their season their season could be made just for winning this game, and that's how and that's legit how this how these this game really is. Both teams could be zero and ten, but whoever wins that game, their season is fully made. Yeah, let me uh let me throw some stats out your way. Okay, a little research, some stats. A little research done here. Um, not surprising to anyone, uh, Army and Navy are second and third respectively rushing offenses in the country. Army has averaged three hundred and three yards a game. Navy's averaging two eighty eight. They're they're only behind. Take a wild guess. Like three points? No, no, no. I'm talking the only team they're behind. They're second and third. Who's the number one rushing team in the country? Wisconsin. Georgia Tech. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> but uh, some numbers that surprised me, Army's 17th in total defense, and mm-hmm. their offense averages uh, 30 points per game. Uh, you have to, to me, some players to watch on Army side. Uh, quarterback Kelvin Hopkins, obviously he's getting it done on the ground because they don't throw oh, the yeah, ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. 783 yards, 10 touchdowns. They got a running back, Darnell Wolford, uh, 823 yards, 14 touchdowns. And Navy's defense is not good. Um, no. 30, but they, 35 but points per game, 419 yards a game. Oh, boy. But this is going to be a little different, and it always is with these academy games because they're playing a defense. They are playing an offense that they see on a regular basis on, on – that's true. On, they practice. Yeah, they they practice. They, so now they can focus on instead of these spread open offenses. You know where you know the Navy and Army academies can't exactly get these fast fit like fast you know big <laughs> strong players. You know. They, yeah. So that's what that's why a lot of these times you know they don't get the you know the big players like you know all these other big schools can. So well that 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 brings me to my player to watch for Navy. Hmm. The quarterback, running back, Mister Do Everything, Swiss Army. Zach Abby. I was gonna go with Malcolm Perry. Well, Perry, yeah, too. <laughs> Zach Abby, too. <laughs> Zach Abby well, actually does play quarterback, though. Well, they both did. They both. They. He's like <laughs> Malcolm Perry. He's like a. They're both. They, I guess they just rotate them all in and out. But, I think. Uh, I think Abby is the quarterback when they're down towards the goal line when they need a couple because he's a big. He's the bigger of the two. Yeah, and uh, Perry Perry uses is the one that you know works it down the field, and then yeah. any short yardage they put on good old Abby where he can get a yard or two. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say keep an eye on Malcolm Perry. I think he's gonna keep them in this game. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, with his legs, this will probably be the fastest game in the history of football. Uh, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the the spread the spread is seven. Um, I'm. I think it's, it's I think it's going to be shorter than that or closer than that. I think it's going to be closer than that. I, oh, I think it's going to be closer than that. I am going to go ahead and go with a – we only have one game to watch uh, and all that mess that we normally do. 
I'm going to give you a physics lock of the week, a game to watch, and an upset special oh, in the same game. <laughs> <laughs> Navy, we'll pull off the upset. They'll cover the spread, and you better watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is physics, you know, lock, uh, not lock of the week. <laughs> Fizzy's losing lock. I just gave Navy the jinx. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now, now we're definitely going to lose because you mentioned it on the show. <laughs> You no, know, this is a this is a rivalry that's more than you know because none of these players are going to go to the NFL. None of these players are, you know, this is just more of a this is just pure football, and this is why I love watching this game. It's such a fun game to watch. You know, it might be a little slow pace for some of you folks who like oh you know you like that spread offense, but you know this is triple option offense. This is down down in the dirty mm-hmm. in between down in the trenches where the trenches are going to decide who's going to win the ball game, and this is. It's a fun – it's a good throwback game to watch. I always love to watch it, especially last year. Last year was in the snow. <laughs> so Yeah, and um, it was only a one-point game. What was it, like 14 to 13 was the final score? It was a close yeah, game. These, something crazy. These games like, are – these games have always been fairly close, man. Like, it's been ridiculous. Like, these last – especially these last – it's been heartbreaking for, for Navy fans. Like, I know I've Yeah, been the last two years. Yeah, definitely. Especially, yeah, especially so. what, two years ago, Navy was ranked like 25th in the country. Oh yeah, and, you know you expect them just to kind of run away with it, and Army comes and, and pulls Army it up. Upset. Yeah, Army pulls it up. And you know the thing that I always like about this game too, What's the that? uniforms. There's always they, oh, yeah. both sides always yeah. break out some sweet special uniforms for this game. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you got the you got the one percent or the I don't the, know what the big called, red one. They, yeah, that they got for Army this yeah. year. We got Billy the Goat uniform. The Blue Angel uniforms that aren't that Navy had last year were really cool. Do you know one of my favorite ones were the ones that they had the uh, where they had the ships on the helmet, like they had the like that the carriers cool. and the destroyers and all that stuff. But yep, and then each position had their own set, yeah. had their own thing. That was that one was cool. That one is probably you know you're right. That one's my favorite. <laughs> one. That one was really cool. So um, yeah, the, this this rivalry has been going on since 1890. You know that? Right? Yeah. Wow. So Navy leads the all-time series at 60. 50 and 51 and 7. So, yeah, pretty competitive, too, all through the whole time. And, yeah. Well, until that streak, like, Army, until we won that 14 straight, Army had the upper hand. But, you know, we won that. We won these 14 straight. You know, we got, like, a nine-game lead. Now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> so let's hope, hope, let's hope for six, uh, let's hope for 61, and let's hope we sing second. That's the thing. We put these academies, they stay and play their own modders. You know, the winner gets to hear their song last. And that's all. And hopefully we're hearing uh, Navy's own modern last. And break that win streak. That little Army two-game yep. win streak. That, that two-game win streak, yep. Well, for Drew, uh, for uh, Philip Fizzy Barton, I'm Drew Fluffy Coach. You guys keep it uh, – have a safe weekend. Uh, go enjoy the one game. And hopefully, <laughs> you know, hopefully you guys get some uh, – you guys stay safe out there, all right? Have a good one, Barton. Take it easy. <laughs>